all streams flow to the sea because it is lower than they are. Humility gives it its power. If you want to govern the people, you must place yourself below them. If you want to lead the people, you must learn how to follow them and embrace the void. The universe is a cruel, uncaring void. The key to being happy isn't to search for meaning, it's to just keep yourself busy with unimportant nonsense, and eventually, you'll be dead. Stop fighting it. You're gonna be okay. Face the void. Call it a one-way vacation to the void. Warning. This podcast contains foul language, dark invocations, and treating women like their people. Welcome, friends, to episode 172 of Embrace the Void where the wheels have come off the plane and we're now just sliding towards the cliff. I am your host, Aaron, and this week we've got some very live theater. Before we get to that, I want to make a quick announcement. I have been hugely remiss towards my Void patrons during this semester, um, and I'm going to start making up for that now that I've got a little bit more time. So first up, next week, I'm going to do a special end-of-year thank-you Q&A episode where I'll read patron names alongside patron and listener questions, much like we do over on Philosophers in Space. So get your names changed and questions sent in by this Sunday at 2 p.m. Okay. Housework done. Let's make with the fireworks. All life ends in death, which we, as a species, are cursed with knowing, resulting in... something. My guest this week is Ina Nice Mangos, host of the Polite Conversations podcast and a recent series on Sam Harris entitled Woking Up. Ina, would you like to once again say hi to the void? Hello. Thanks for having me back on. No, it's great to have you back on. We had you on fairly early on. You were one of our our big gits, as it were, early on. Um, <laughs> and you uh, messaged me a little bit after we did our sort of state of the ever did the state of the IDW episode with Chris a little while ago, and you had some I thought some of which were reasonable concerns about the way that we might have been too generous with regard to Sam Harris in that episode, and I thought it might make for a good discussion since we didn't really spend as much time on Sam in that episode. Do you want to just to, for folks who are not familiar with work that you've done around Sam Harris's work, do you want to maybe give folks an understanding of why you sort of felt a need to do a series about Sam Harris? Yeah. So basically I used to be a big Sam Harris fan and as the years went on, it became more and more apparent to me that uh, he was a bit Reuben-like, and I felt like I had been robbed, you know? It felt really, I felt, it's hard to explain, but it it feels like I've left a cult in a little bit. Like, I know you hate those comparisons, especially because of the <laughs> woke, anti-woke discourse. I, it, I, have, a, I have a complex relationship with the yeah. use of the concept. So I'm I'm yeah. sympathetic to your using of it while also I understand the problems. Right, right. And I understand your problems. And I'm also sympathetic <laughs> to those. <laughs> uh huh. So so you had that feeling of sort of, well, this, this is interesting to me, because, you know, I'm not like a huge fan of Sam Harris, I haven't sort of focused on him as much as other individuals who would be associated mm -hmm. Um, with the IDW, and I do, I would say that I probably have not not a super naive view, but I think relative to where you might want me to be, a kind of view that he is to some extent sort of less terrible than other folks in the IDW. Though no, um, I, I think you would say, there, that, yeah. And it's also, I think you would say that it's a, probably a, a little bit of a low bar. Is that the way that you yeah. would characterize it? Yes, like the bar is on the ground, and yes, he is a little bit uh, over that. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Uh, he is definitely less terrible, but I think that makes him more concerning to me because that's able to prolong his credibility and rope more people in, more mm -hmm. reasonable people in. 
Yeah, that's why I want to talk about this. So, like, I, I want to give folks, I don't want people to immediately tune us out as, like, we're just here to bash people. This is something that I think is of significance in the conversation around sort of the, the topic of on-ramping, I think, is the best way to yeah. describe this. This idea of the concern that certain individuals who read to a lot of people as being non-threatening as being you know a positive influence could in some ways provide a you know a doorway an on-ramp or whatever into more radicalized or reactionary or resentful ways of thinking or narratives um, mm -hmm. and so I think it's valuable to talk about how we should characterize these folks for the sake of understanding how those characterizations play into those potential factors or influences. Is that sort of similar to why you find this particularly concerning? Yes. And also going back to my series, basically I, I, I want to clarify that even when I was a big Sam Harris fan, I was never the dogmatic kind of Sam Harris fan where you're just unable to hear criticisms of him. You know, there are, Definitely many of those people around that have canceled me <laughs> because I dare to do the blasphemy. Again, mm -hmm. apologies for the cult reference or religious reference there. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I left Islam and I started speaking about it publicly and I was embraced by this crew online and I could have had a whole lot of opportunities, you know, Sam came on my show and he was very supportive. And um, actually my interview with him was one of the uh, most hard hitting times where I kind of felt like there's something really off here, you know, otherwise mm -hmm. I managed to convince myself always, no, 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 you know, he's too busy to look into this person or, you know, he didn't mean it exactly like that. Maybe he used bad phrasing but then it just happened too many times. And once you see the patterns and kind of like you zoom out and see the bigger picture, it's very hard to unsee all of that. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so my my mini series about him came up as came about as just a lot of people requested were requesting that I do like a postmortem of my uh, 2016 interview with him where mm -hmm. I questioned him a lot on his associations with Ruben and Gadsad and these types of people, Douglas Murray. Mm -hmm. And I think that conversation is still relevant today. And even though I was very nice and it was a very friendly interview, I think I did question him quite a lot. And he avoids those situations usually. So I was just going to do a postmortem of that. But then I realized there was such a story to tell beforehand that I mm -hmm. turned it into a miniseries eventually. Yeah, so what could you give me sort of like a description? How would you describe Sam Harris to the folks in our audience who maybe not even have heard the name or like, you know, how would you, you know, an elevator pitch sort of what it is that he does as sort of separate from mm -hmm. how you would then try to complicate that picture with your critique? Okay, so I'm I'm describing him to people that haven't heard of him this year. Yeah, that haven't heard of him. And like st start off by giving, you know, I I, I uh, resist using the phrase in this context, but it's amusing, right? The steel botting, right? Steel man him for us and then explain and then we can talk about sort of the more complicating image. Is there anything that we can say about, you know, how how would you sort of explain in a neutral way at least um what it is that he views as his project? So he claims to have his biases with the left, and I guess he wants to clean up his own side by focusing on it a lot, even in the face of an entire Trump term where all sorts of things happened. He is, uh, you know, supposedly a very rational man and um, above tribalism and... What else? What else can I say about him? He is an atheist figure, so he talks about Islam a lot in ways that uh, appeal to the right. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the left in ways that appeal to the right. So, yeah, uh, I hope that was neutral enough. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, it is valuable, I think, because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, you sort of view him as 
similar to Ruben. And actually, what got us started about this was that you you presented me with a fairly uh, what I what I consider a, a hottish <laughs> take, right? That Sam is just a slightly more sophisticated Ruben. Um, no, no, correction, not slightly. Right. Uh huh. Much substantially more sophisticated. More. Okay, yeah. so substantially more. And, and like, here's the problem here, right? You know, in a in a sort of trivial sense, right? Dave Rubin and Sam Harris both have talk shows, and Dave Rubin is probably the least sophisticated talk show host I've ever seen. So, like, mm-hmm. by extension, nearly every talk show host would be a slightly more sophisticated or substantially more sophisticated Dave Rubin. So, but I'm not um, talking just about them having talk shows. So the similarities right. are beyond that. Right. So that's what I want to get into is that I think you know, you want to claim that they are more substantially similar in other ways. And I, I want to try, you know, even though I'm not here to defend Sam Harris, I'm not here to be uh, supportive. I, I want to just at least provide pushback as much as I possibly can on your critiques of him uh, for the sake of making sure that we are being sort of as targeted as possible in analyzing, understanding that it might be the case that if I could show that he is um, not a much more sophisticated Dave Rubin. He could still be sort of a problematic on-ramp for the kinds of concerns that we were talking about in other ways. It isn't sort of exculpatory right. in that substantial way. And also, mm. these things are pretty subjective, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know how you could prove it one way or the other. Like, I can't fully prove that he is, and you can't fully prove that he's not. It depends really on the perception of Yeah, the but I think it's... It is worth at least talking about the ways in which they present themselves differently mm. and the extents, I think, to which we can be reasonably justified in believing in them. So let me I'll, let's list a bunch of ways in which we might think that people could see them as substantially distinct beyond Harris. Just, you know, I think we can talk about, for example, the fact that I do think Harris is substantially more thoughtful and well versed. Um, it However, doesn't mean that he doesn't have substantial blind, blind spots. Yeah. You do um, also find him concerning, right? Like, sure. if I'm to understand this conversation correctly, you you don't, I don't know if we have any significant major differences of opinion on him that you know of and you've listened to Woking Up, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, so I think I have... I don't know that I have substantial... Di- well, so I want to talk through some of this because I'm curious okay. about some of your views on some of the ways in which I might try to make distinctions between them. But I do think that on the level of being concerned about the ways in which he does effectively provide sort of the first stage of uh, reactionary um, identity development for a potentially substantial portion of individuals, that I think remains worrying no matter what I say here. So... Mm. Um, But I do think there are ways in which it might be important or valuable to say, I can see how he is substantively different from Ruben because there are individuals, I think, who will listen to this podcast. And if they hear those layers of distinction being Mm -hmm. addressed, they may be more sympathetic to the critique that he still provides a a substantial concern. Okay, but before you get into it, Mm -hmm. can I just put out what I'm not saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying that he's an anti-vaxxer or, you know, anti-masker like some of the other IDWers. Um, I'm not saying that he's uh, like gone to the PragerU pro-Trump level. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think that, yeah. So I'm just not I'm not saying that he's similar to them or Ruben in those ways. I know I know he's different in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think he has. So, I mean, we could say, you know, his brand, right, whether like to set aside the question of whether it's legitimate or just branding, we'll just call it his branding, right, is aimed more at being what I would call like a, like a genuine liberal or someone on the left compared to someone like Dave Rubin, who, as far as I can tell, mm. is just now an, an out-and-out conservative. Uh, <laughs> you know, he describes himself as a conservative libertarian, but, like, politically speaking, he is not playing the game anymore of, you know, I am the homeless liberal who is still largely on the left and, and doesn't like the right but wants to clean up my own house. He seems okay, like he's just out there. Okay, but how did Dave yeah. Rubin start off in this grift? 
Sure, I, the, but the, just because I think lots of folks start off in that homeless liberal position, not all of them trend in the same direction necessarily, I don't think. I do think that some no, of them have no, they, hung around sure. more on one side. Mm -hmm. Sure, but I, again, this is concerning the similarities between that I see between mm -hmm. Sam and Ruben, right? So one of my biggest annoyances with Ruben was his dishonesty about his politics, mm -hmm. right? And his whole, I am the last liberal, I'm a liberal, I'm with the left, I'm just cleaning out my own house. Mm -hmm. And I feel that there's a parallel there with Sam. He does it in much more sophisticated ways, much more eloquent ways. He doesn't do stupid stuff like making t-shirts saying he's the last liberal or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think that's a similarity in my mind. Now, you can argue that he is not following Ruben's path right now, but, I mean, that's not something I'm claiming, that he's gone the whole Trumpian route yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to look at just, like, given that we only have the external behavior and know for sure one way or another what the intentions, what what the goals there are for Harris in that particular situation, I think, you know, it could just as much be the case. You know, like, to me, he seems more like someone who really is on the left but got his feelings very strongly hurt by a kind of cancel culture experience that like opened up a massive blind spot for him with regard to other individuals who've experienced that kind of cancellation and like through that door walk people like Charles Murray and stuff. See, um, now this is, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, what the hell <laughs> on yeah. the left? If you think David from is on the left. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Dave Rubin thinks David Frum is too SJW. No, I certainly don't think David Frum is on the left, but I absolutely am not surprised that, like, David Frum would be the sort of serious person conservative that someone like Sam Harris would think that it was more productive to have a conversation with than, you know, a bunch of other people on the right. Okay. I think he goes beyond that. Like, he likes and agrees with a lot of what David Frum and... Uh, um, Andrew Sullivan say. Yeah, I mean, I guess I think what we could say is that Sam Harris, to me, seems closer to more like a naive neoliberal than like a genuine conservative. Now, the recent history has been that like neoliberalism and, and conservatism have, have walked a similar path in a lot of ways. So it may be not a huge distinction, I guess, ultimately to say that. But I, I guess I I do still think there's a difference between... I guess sort of the the kind of anti-authority, I don't know, I guess I would say like the anti-authoritarianism, the kind of very unsophisticated anti-authoritarianism that I see from folks like Ruben um, and, and Lindsay and other folks who are just like full-on sprinting into conspiracy land because they have rejected the notion of experts or reliable sources. I mean, do you feel like you see the same degree of that from from Harris? Do you feel like you see some of it and it's just... No, I mean, I said that from the start, right? Like, yeah. I don't see that degree of it. But you but see I some of it still. see in the whole discrediting of academia and discrediting of left media sources, I do see some degree of that, certainly. Yeah, and I this is where I am sympathetic and this is why I wanted to have you on, is that I I do worry about the ways in which he is more effective than someone like Ruben because Ruben's mm -hmm. shtick kind of flames out yeah. in a way that Harris's shtick potentially does not. And it's, it's so tricky, you know, like, so, I mean, here's another distinction when I was trying to think of like differences between them, right? Um, was thinking about the differences between their books. Um, Sam Harris's moral landscapes is something that I read as a as a master's student studying ethics. Um, and while I have a bunch of criticisms with it in a, on a meta ethical level and things like that, I'm not. You know, if someone tells me, "Oh, I read Sam Harris's Moral Landscapes," I'm not the same level of de not even no. close to the same level of depressed, right? As, I haven't as if, like, read it. You know. mm -hmm. I haven't read that one, so I can't speak to it. But I can say that in that, well. There is a comparison to be drawn there. Like, it's not just the one book that is what Sam Harris has put out, right? 
So in terms of courting that sort of cancellation, like Dave mm-hmm. does with his, please don't burn this book, but I really want you to burn it. And then I'm going to cry about SJWs canceling me. Mm-hmm. Um, in that sense, there are the articles like in defense of profiling, in defense of torture, and then kind of acting like you don't even know why people are upset, you know, framing things in a way where the tyranny of fairness and equality or ridiculous shit like that and then being like oh yeah it's the left that's just gone too far i think there's a parallel there well so i mean the the flip side of this issue i mean like the challenge from my side of debating this right you don't have to make the case that there's so because you said it was sort of subjective in the sense that it's like you don't have to say much to say that there's some parallel and i can agree with you that there's some parallel but i guess i I guess I want to understand the differences between their styles, the differences between the ways that they attract attention, um, because I think that how how we respond to them needs to be sort of more uh, um, fine grained, so that mm-hmm. we are not giving the impression. Because like there was there was a study, for example, recently about. Um, on ramping into the far right, which is mm-hmm. this concern that we're talking about. And the study got, you know, blasted by some of the folks like the uh, Weinstein brothers mm-hmm. because it had lumped a bunch of people into conservative land without mm-hmm. them actually being conservatives. And there was good responses from the people who had originally done the data about how the data hadn't originally done that. And, uh, you know, a better analysis of the data, another study would might find similar results. And it's, you know, that sort of thing. But I think we, we do ourselves sort of a persuasive disservice if we get called out or get caught out sort of doing too much lumping in that kind of way. No, the lumping was done by Sam when he posed in the bushes. Well, so that's that's a fair point, right? It's a it's a it's a challenge. A... Yeah, no, and we talked about that, but at the same time, right? You can say, you know, he walked away uh-huh. somewhat we'll, we'll recently, we'll right? Of course, we we do need to talk about that, right? But but I will say yeah. though, when you mm-hmm. say things like, "You think Jan- Sam is uh, Sam is genuinely of the left," I think it's a disservice to IDW criticism, and like you have to. I feel like you're kind of missing the strain that brought all these people together and playing their game and describing them on their terms. It's like, now this is an extreme example, but it's like asking how an Islamist wants to identify. They're not going to identify as an Islamist. Yeah, and no, I mean, I'm, I'm sympathetic to this. I just... Because they describe themselves as moderate. Yeah, I get this, and I, I'm. This is why I wanted to have you on. And I'll be honest, for folks listening, this is why this probably sounds more sort of up in the air as a conversation than I often have on the show because I'm actively trying to figure out the right way to to balance these sorts of things, and I don't feel like I have a strong sort of clear right answer on no, Ina, you need to you know clearly denote him as a liberal because that will undercut you know, this criticism and provide you, I like, I'm just trying to sort of work through and, and think about how you don't like, you don't have to say things like he's a Nazi or, you know, I think those things are ridiculous and they're ridiculous Uh accusations and they actually do a lot of harm to people that want to do that fine grained criticism that is more precise. Right. Because then these guys, they're waiting for this straw man left criticism. Oh, you're all, you know, Nazis and white supremacists. And uh, then they just dismiss everything as part of that same absurdity. So, but if you're sympathetic to to that critique, wouldn't you also at least be somewhat sympathetic to the idea that they can make the same move if you call Harris a conservative? So you're better off calling him a neoliberal, for example. That's not such a ridiculous thing to to call him like i'm not saying that he's a nazi they're, well, they're not so, synonyms you know no no but what i would say is while it isn't as significant given th- so so in my experience when when trying to address these kinds of issues there is a kind of perfection that it has to be that is expected of you that like any sort of mo- even very minimal mischaracterization will thoroughly derail the conversation that's not that's not fair it's not symmetric in any mm-hmm. kind of way but like 
given that you will get just as derailed while while debating these issues with folks if you call him a conservative what is there really a loss in calling him like a neoliberal or something i don't call him a conservative i okay. just generally say he's right wing so what do you what do you mean when you say that other than he uh, um unfortunately enables other right wingers how i view him as is like a never trump right winger that's who his sympathies lie with from my observations his self-identification is dishonest i believe and uh <laughs> i don't rely on that i don't trust that what would you like sort of point to as the this. main as the sort of main evidence that his um that his self-description is is duplicitous beyond sort of the the platforming of farther right individuals <laughs> or is it I mean, primarily that yeah. But also his sympathy with people shifting to the right, right? Like time and time again, if you listen to as much of his podcasts as I do, he's always kind of finding outs for people who have shifted right. He's saying that the house is on fire and the left doesn't even know there's a fire. The only people that even have a bucket of water are the right. So how can you blame people for turning right? The sympathy for... Um, people who voted Trump in, he was scolding the left for gender pronouns and safe spaces, um, saying that that's what caused it. And his sympathy for Trump in accusations of racism, his sympathy for Tucker Carlson in accusation, whenever there's an accusation of racism, it almost doesn't matter who unless it's Richard Spencer. Sam is right there to deny it, defend it, use his platform to say that the, that the left is lying about this. Yeah, and I guess I just... about anti-left, anti-left content, even when the right is in power and doing all sorts of stuff, I mean, what is the whole effect of that? No, I mean, I'm. this is why, I, you know, I'm not going to outright reject, like, the comparison. I, I'm just... Mm-hmm. So I guess I... My concern is, I think, he is... I don't know. I don't think that he actually is genuinely conservative on a broad range of policy issues. I guess I would say more that he is reactionary on a narrow band of issues having to do largely with things like race because he experienced being heavily accused of racism. And I, like I said, I think developed a substantial blind spot where he identifies with anyone else who's accused of racism. And so, as you said, takes a very sympathetic stance to their particular perspective. And I'm also not sure on that, things yeah. like immigration. Well, because, that, 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 because of the race again. stuff, I think. Uh, I don't know if it's the race stuff. It's the Muslimic birth rate stuff. Which to me is racism. I mean, the, like that's just he would right. deny it because Islam isn't a race. I know, but I don't. I don't need to play that language game with him. He's not here, <laughs> right? And I think it's obviously a form of racism, or if anything, equivalent to it in a meaningful way. And so it's not like it's a, it's a semantic debate in the problematic sense rather than the useful sense. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So, like, I think, you know, I. But I, I guess what I'm saying is. You know, is there any evidence, for example, that he is economically conservative? Is there any evidence that he is that he's conservative on social issues that have nothing to do with race at all? I mean, the okay. so suppose that he has some conservative beliefs that he never talks about or suppose he has some very left wing beliefs that he never talks about economically. What matters to me is what he's putting out there. And that's really all I can judge him on. And if all he's going to talk about is race and IQ and immigration and the left bad, then that's what I can gauge. You know, I'm not really here to judge him on what he's not spending his time on. Sure. He put out Mm a um, podcast recently about the moral beauty of giving charity and effective altruism which i find kind of i mean it's hard for me to take seriously someone claiming they want to um donate a lot of money to make the world a better place when i view them as using their very influential platform in not making the world a better place and demonizing minorities and uh in Mm -hmm. countries and immigrants and things like that and then you talk about moral beauty and giving and also in a very like 
robotic way. So, yeah. so this is a good point, and I want to talk. I want to talk about this song. This has been something actually that I've been been pondering as well, because there's a common sort of back and forth you see online where the evidence presented, as you just did there, was well, look, he prioritizes X x all the time right like he's all about x um why doesn't he ever talk about y and there are problematic versions of that kind of argument form that are what we would call what aboutism right where Mm -hmm. you're just demanding that somebody care about something else as a way to distract Mm -hmm. from what you know what they might consider a meaningful topic and a lot of folks i think oh i get that hurled at me all the time right and a lot of folks yeah, right, exactly. We all we all get it, right? And I think as a result, a lot of us end up in a position where we're like, those are not generally good argument forms. They're mostly whataboutism. And the reality is that, like, there are an infinite number of problems in the world and people are going to have to prioritize something because they can't just work on every single problem. So, like, people are going to prioritize things. But the sort of next level of that argument that I've been been pondering is that I think you can also still be critical if someone is prioritizing something that seems very tangential to Mm -hmm. like the root suffering of like the current Mm -hmm. crisis or situation. So for example, people who are fixating on wokeness while, you know, Trump is trying to do a low energy coup or something Mm -hmm. like that doesn't, that, that, that to me is something where you can be like, look, at this point you needed to at least shift your gears a little bit here on this. And so I mean, this comes to sort of the crux, I think, of what we wanted to talk about a little bit, which is his break with parts of the IDW. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I want to give you time to, to share the criticisms you shared with me, because I do think they are valuable pushback. Now, the way that we looked at this was, you know, there is some value to him saying, you know, there is a point that is too far. Right. You were saying earlier he supports uh shifts right no matter what essentially and this is this at least a situation in which he seems like he is saying this shift is too far that being the kind of shift towards fraud event of Mm -hmm. democracy hanging by a thread sure he he a little bit right had to say a little bit of something still no names or anything but yeah yeah sure in that event he said something well, yeah. So, I mean, he I think... recognized it as the lowest point, I think, since the Civil War in his country for democracy. And if that's what it takes for you to shift your gears a little bit and recognize who you've propped up and promoted and surrounded yourself by for the whole four years, like this is what this is what this is um, now getting into the specifics of what really gets to me in terms of idw criticisms there's this space of idw critics who will kind of go for the low-hanging fruit like ruben oh yeah but it took years and people gave me the same kinds of arguments that you're now giving me i'm not accusing you of you know no it's fine a ruben defender or anything i'm I'm here to play my job it's fine right (laughs) so i have been pointing out issues with ruben i think since 2015 and i have done with Sam too and always there was these shifting goalposts and there was even like these IDW foolish charts that were made that people like Sam retweeted kind of positioning them all on the left only focusing on the things that are left wing about them except for Shapiro I think um but like you know the whole Ruben argument like I'm a gay married man I'm for abortion I'm this of course I'm on the left he's given up some of that right now but Mm-hmm. So it it kind of chipped away. It's exhausting to do, to do it again and again and again. Sure, we've, we're there now with Ruben. I don't know how many years later, but it took constant, constant pushback for people to even concede that there's a little bit of an issue with what Ruben does. Mm-hmm. Um, and my main main issue with Ruben always began from him sanitizing far-right people or further-right people and kind of giving them a platform. Of course, there were always the odd interviews in between with, like, you know, regular people, and that kind of extended his credibility for a while where people would always be like, no, of course he's not right-wing. Here's an interview with so-and-so. Here's an interview with so-and-so. And so I see that now. I know Sam has access to a lot of, you know, 
public figures and influential authors and things like that. And they're not at all all right wing. And he does a lot of interesting episodes with people that are unrelated to the culture war. But whenever he talks passionately about what's happening in our politics and our culture, it is always that Rubenish, you know, the left is bad, the regressive, he doesn't use the term regressive left anymore, but I mean, it was used there as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just, it's like going through it all over again. So I don't know if you can sense (laughs) that I'm a bit exhausted, you know, I don't want to have to do this for the Weinsteins and then for, you know, one by one by one, there's a, there's clearly a thread that bound them together. Sure. Now and democracy's falling apart. He's, stepped back but also so has Ruben (laughs) he's also distanced from them yet another similarity yeah I mean I'm totally sympathetic to what you're saying here I'm I'm trying to be resistant as possible for the purposes of discourse Um, but like I I understand your exhaustion there I've certainly experienced it on my own end with regard to James Lindsay and convincing people that James Lindsay was, uh, you know, laundering far right, uh, you know, Christian Mm -hmm. nationalist conspiracy Mm -hmm. theory material. Um, So like, I understand. And I'm also, you know, even as we did that earlier episode, I realized I like I wished I had more time to talk about more of what what I think you are being correctly critical about specifically with the um, Sam Harris's sort of leaving of the IDW where he was willing to say, you know, some people are acting bonkers, but not willing to say which people he had specifically Mm. in mind, which I do think is like a substantial difference. And Mm. I think there is this, this thing I constantly see where, you know, people are always like, well, they're friends. Well, they're, you know, you can't expect people to repudiate each other or things like that directly. So like, basic values you have to have some standards like if you're a public figure and you've you've also propelled their careers publicly you've put your stock into them you know you're like hey here's a ribbon episode it's fantastic check it out oh i want to do a show with these guys let's do a live show together then i think you owe it a little bit to people if you think majid nawaz uh, should be running more of civilization if you've said that publicly before i think that when he becomes a QAnon lunatic, then you should say something. Yeah, I mean, I'm sympathetic on this. I, you know, there was the situation where some folks in the IDW came out for voting for Trump right before the election. And there was like a response from, I think, Pinker and and Pluckrose and a few other folks like, no, you shouldn't vote for Trump during the election, but we're not going to like deliberate directly attack the people who are making those kinds of claims. And there, there, there feels to me like a bit of a having your cake and eating it too mm-hmm. situation going on where it's like, you know, we're going to continue to collaborate with these folks in mm-hmm. heavily demonizing the opposition while at the same time trying to st- still toe that line of like, but we can't demonize them so much that it leads to the collapse of civilization. Mm-hmm. That's a little too far now. Oh, okay. Here's a here's a big round of applause that you had the courage to say that much in this situation. Hooray. Um but yeah. So that's that's yeah. where I stand on the IDW retirement. I think it's too little, too late. If that Do you have any it. sense of who you reckon he had specifically in mind? I'm just curious. The Weinsteins for sure, because they okay. clashed online and uh-huh. uh you know here's how i would have had respect for him saying that right he if he just said like you know ah i think i went the wrong way on this guys like there have you know i have backed some people that i no longer support and i want you not to think that you know i uh promote those people so this person this person this person I do not stand by what they're saying nowadays and uh, I want distance from it. Mm-hmm. I would have respect for that. Mm, interesting. But like you said, it's him trying to have his cake and eat it too. He's promoted Majid Nawaz so much. Like he's promoted, you know, events with the Weinsteins. He's gone on their shows and bitched Has about he... me. <laughs> do you know at all Weinstein? if he's promoted Nawaz since Nawaz started doing the like, 
um, election trutherism stuff? No, I don't think he has, but that's mm-hmm. not really sure. anything. No, I'm not saying it is. I was mostly just curious. Like, it, w- well, it would be something against him. It was not something for him. But, right, if you could if you could point to he's still promoting this particular individual who's promoting these explicit conspiracy theories at this point, that's certainly a problem. But I think he did that with Ruben for mm-hmm. a very long time. I think till last year he had an interview published uh he was uh, interviewed by someone who was criticizing and profiling Ruben and he was Sam was specifically asked about his his um interview style mm-hmm. and he said you know I know people get annoyed by it but I think it's great you know he has his own style he's not putting pressure and things like that like he just made some bullshit excuses for the mm-hmm. Ruben style of interviewing till last year. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ruben had done a lot by then. And on my show, too, like when he came on, it was sure it was 2016. These things were new. But I pointed him to very specific instances in terms of Dave Rubin, in terms of Gad Sad, in terms of um, Tommy Robinson, whom he's also defended, claiming he doesn't. No, one way or the other, right? This is another thing that he always does, which is mm-hmm. so dishonest of him, right? If you're a public commentator and Islam is your subject of expertise, and then you have all these anti-Muslim bigots that you accidentally promote, and then you get questioned about it, you always claim you don't know one way or another. If you don't know, then stop promoting their interviews, so mm-hmm. he argued with Mariam Namazi on Sam's own show. He argued with her that, you know, all he knew about Tommy Robinson was this one interview he had seen on Dave Rubin, and it was perfectly fine, and there was nothing bigoted in it. And, oh, my gosh, if you watch that interview with Tommy Robinson, it is alarming the things he saw and wasn't uh, concerned by, you like know? What? Ah, uh, like just talking about Somali immigrants and Muslim men raping people and mm-hmm. just generalizations. But I mean, Sam does the whole Muslim immigrants are raping our women bit too. He did it on my show. And I was so shocked in the moment that I was kind of like, you can just kind of hear this half gasp like that and mm-hmm. then I'm silent because I really did not expect him to defend that has and he backed off that stuff at all the, either either in terms of ever. behavior yeah uh-huh. well no that's not good enough right if you are putting out conspiracy theories that are relevant that are sort of similar to the great replacement mm-hmm. and there are murders happening of Muslims you can't just quietly back off you have to actually say something. He's no, put I agree. Out... I was I was mostly just asking if you if like if he had even sort of stopped actively saying those things rather than sort of actively refuted them. Well, I mean, Dave Rubin is actively not saying those things right now, or other things that he's said in the past. Just because the conversation is different doesn't mm-hmm. mean that he's backed off. It just means it's not something he's talking about these days. If there's some sort of relevant attack i mean he did retweet a woman he seems to pick the absolute most toxic ex-muslims and i say this as an ex-muslim to call his heroes and promote also like he doesn't retweet their most horrid tweets where they Mm -hmm. compare say judaism to nazism or islam to nazism and compare like muslims to uh you know quote-unquote peaceful nazis that were mm-hmm. non-lynching KKK members. Um, but he does call people like that his hero. And after the horrific beheading in Paris, this woman called for a retaliation. Uh, I, I don't know retaliation against whom, but these are the profiles he's boosting, even if these are not the specific tweets he's boosting. Mm-hmm. Are there other sort of uh, conspiracy theories or sort of dog whistling that you've seen like more of recently, I guess, in his materials? Do you feel like he's shifted towards, as you were saying, sort of the narrative has shifted some. Well, recently like, what, it's all been about the election, right? So mm-hmm. that's what he's talked about, but. Mm-hmm. But he's doesn't... not sympathetic at all. It seems like to sort of conspiracies about election fraud or anything. No, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. But again, 
He's put a lot of other sympathetic to the right stuff out. And now he's backing away like, no, this one, this one goes a bit too far for me, guys. But the general conspiracies are Muslim birth rates, the great replacement, the immigration, the um, also the gender, the weird like evolutionary psychology, like the weird like gender role bullshit. You know how you and Chris talked about, I think it was Eric Weinstein being like mm-hmm. a conspiracist, but you talked about how he couches, uh, you know, how Eric said it was this term called responsible conspiracy theorizing. Right. Now, Sarah, uh, Sam Harris is smarter than actually saying that he's doing that, right? Uh, he's certainly not doing the covid conspiracies and the election fraud conspiracies but i think mm-hmm. uh the muslimics are coming is also a conspiracy right For he sure. put out he put out in his book i think it was 15 years ago hang on i wrote this quote down let me find it. yes 14 years ago um the demo the demographic trends are ominous given the current birth rates France could be a majority Muslim country in 25 years. And that is if immigration were to stop tomorrow. Um, mm. how's, how's France doing on that? I don't, I don't know the numbers. <laughs> they are uh, certainly not majority. No, are they even. not? <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think it's still very low. Um, did they move the banning he, um, covering, head coverings? Did they ban head coverings? I can't. I don't. I know remember. they've been actively debating it for yeah. a long time, but I can't tell if they're. But anyway, he trigger. got called yeah. on this. He got called on this uh, mm-hmm. passage from his book uh, right after the Christchurch shooting, mm-hmm. and instead of saying that, oh yeah, you know, I put false numbers. I'm sorry for that or whatever, owning his mistake, he backed off from it, washed his hands of it, say, oh. Well, I pulled the numbers from this, and he names this Alex Jonesian ridiculous conspiracy book called Eurabia. Oh, no. Um, he said, oh, well, I got the numbers from this book. I don't know how it's held up since. I'm sorry, but you published this, and it is ridiculous, and you should own up to the fact that it hasn't held up at all. You can't just say, oh, I don't know. He mm-hmm. So he recently got called on it, and he still won't own up to it. And I, I would have so much more respect for someone who says, okay, you know, I've sophisticated my analysis, and I was wrong in this. But he doesn't do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, as someone who has talked a lot about things like the Turner Diaries and mm-hmm. sort of white supremacist conspiracy theories, I have no ability to stand up and defend great replacement uh sympathetic kinds of arguments in that way they're they're just a really problematic form of conspiracy theory that is doing a lot of harm right now so i i I concede the point on that one for sure and similarly eric uses terms like xenophilic restrictionist right it's such Mm -hmm. a stupid term like clown well it's eric he's got to make a term for it everything (laughs) all the things right So, I mean, Eric is kind of putting himself out there by saying these really stupid things that people can see are stupid, right? So Sam will be a bit more careful. Sam, too, when he's talking about, you know, things like, um, you know, why isn't some of my best friends are black a good pushback against accusations of racism? He's like, well, like, what are you going to use for the real racist? You know, if someone like me, someone like a xenophile, a true xenophile who enjoys foreign foods and, uh, you know, foreign music like of course i'm not racist like this Mm -hmm. is very eric weinstein but just Mm -hmm. slightly different so it's that thing couching your conspiracies and caveats and all of that but you guys recognize it for eric but not you know so that that was my experience with so much of what you're saying excellent critiques but you're just excluding harris from it because Mm -hmm. i feel like he needs to be also talked about in the same way. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, I think, a valuable pushback, and I'm glad to have you on to chat about it. And I'm actually curious to hear, I imagine the boys over on um, Guru Pod will eventually get round to Sam Harris, and I'll be curious to see if they feel like he fits their formula um, the same way that folks like Eric do. So I doubt um, it. But yeah. actually, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't I wouldn't 
count that one out yet. I think they will they will probably find many of the same things that you have come across and be fairly honest about that for the most part. That is my my experience of them as um people taking seriously these same kinds of on-ramping questions that that we're we're trying to get at here. Um it, we've got a little bit of time left and I wanted to talk about something that's sort of related to all of this uh but is um not necessarily specifically about like criticizing Harris, but it, it came up at the end of your episode of Woking Up, the the third one, um, where I you guess. had, yeah, <laughs> right. Yes, yes, um, I know what you're gonna say. Yeah, yeah. So that you had this passage, uh, like it was it was audio of Harris talking about secular communities <laughs> and the need <laughs> to sort of organize secular communities into spaces that that give a sense of community for individuals. Um, and, you know, I guess I first wanted to just say, as I was trying to find some ways to be critical of your approach to Harris for the sake of our <laughs> disagreement purposes, it did feel to me a little bit like this was not an especially culty quote, yeah. right? And I could see yeah. what you were what you were taking away from it that it does sound sort of culty coming from Harris as an individual who doesn't have a lot of reflectiveness. But yeah. I am, I think, broadly very sympathetic to what he says itself in the quote about the need for you know, real human connection within these mm. secular spaces that a lot of folks are are not getting. Um, do you want? I mean. Do you agree that I guess that 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 it, that it isn't in itself a Kelty idea so much oh, as yeah. you're concerned about it the with context Harris? Mm-hmm. of who is saying it and uh, yeah it it it's not that secular organization or meeting up or needing a community I mean I'm all for that I am you know a, a proud atheist and uh, I would I I came to this scene from my need to find a community I came to the Harris scene from my need to find community. That's why I find it particularly, you know, it's because of who's saying it. It's not that that in itself is culty. It's the person and the following he encourages around himself. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what's culty. And then of course it was followed up by some extremely hilarious where the guy interviewing him was obviously so awed by Sam's brilliance <laughs> talking about the medium of podcasting, which is also an interesting conversation, right? There are mm-hmm. definitely many interesting things to say about it as a medium. And I think Sam does touch on those. And it's interesting when Sam says them too, like, you know, he, in the larger conversation, he talked about how, you know, it's something that we can do while we're multitasking. It's something that, uh, you know, we can pick up on particular topics of our choice. So there are reasons for its success. Um, However, this guy also frames it like how you have a proximity to someone's ear where you are nestled uh, in uh, with closeness, like a a mother or a lover. And, you know, things like that are just... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think the Voidlings will be very sympathetic to that particular... um, ASMR phrase kind of the sensation there but I I also get what you are saying and I'm I'm sympathetic Um, and I think you have done a solid job here of uh, defending the position that there is reason to be sort of substantially concerned about the ways in which Harris even as someone who has um, backed off of parts of the shtick is still sort of playing an important role in this ecosystem. Um, and so, I mean, it's too early to really mm-hmm. to say how backed off he is. If he's sure, to right. Continue Tem- to, temporarily backed off. Yes, to right. put out content that is very similar to IDW stuff, uh, then we can say that he only backed off in name but continues to put out the same bullshit that he did before. But however, we can't really speculate on that right now because it's literally just happened a few weeks ago, right? So mm-hmm. whether this makes him truly have a change of heart and change his content, we'll have to wait and see. Um, <clears throat> but I- there are so many other parallels that we didn't really get to touching upon. But if I could just quickly sure. list a couple of them off, there's the um, you know that there's the pettiness in terms of 
enemies and critics that Ruben has. Like if he has like a former guest, like criticize him, right? Like he's going to go on and be like, well, you didn't do that when you didn't say that when I had you at my house for dinner and my husband mm -hmm. cooked you a nice steak or something. So like mm -hmm. Sam won't do that, but he'll like, so like with me, he retweeted stuff from like some rando, no real public figure, just a random blog, blog post like bitching about me. That's, mm -hmm. Considering I'm this tiny account compared to Sam, mm -hmm. the fact that he would, and it was a month old, month out of date when he found it and retweeted it, mm -hmm. at this million follower account that would even bother to do this kind of stuff, um, that he, he went on Eric Weinstein's podcast to say that, you know, I have, well, not to say, but he said, mm -hmm. I've descended into mental illness. <laughs> You know, they all used to love me and praise me. I mean, Sam has given praise like on Twitter that conversations that I've had are like things that should be played in all journalism schools everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the same person. I just don't focus on Islam right now. I still have plenty of criticisms. And believe me, I wish I could talk about it more, but I just don't want far writers piggybacking on what I'm saying. And I feel like it's a very hostile environment. I don't want to contribute to it. So um, before it was, oh, yeah, Ayn is great because she has like a doesn't take bullshit attitude. She's opinionated. She's this. Now it's like she's hysterical and uh, possessed <laughs> by demons. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's the same person saying the same kind of stuff, similar style of criticism, just different topics. Western right versus Islamic right. Wait, is, um, wait, is possessed by demons a crit Is that a bad thing? <laughs> I, I guess it's meant to be, but... <laughs> Bonus. Um, so let, let me ask you, I'm curious, are there resources that you consistently find valuable for directing people towards who might be trying to um, de-cultify de de themselves with regard to Sam Harris in particular? Like, are there folks who you feel like are similar to Sam Harris in, in content, in, in, in the, like, positive kind of content, but, like, don't have all of this IDW baggage who you point people towards? Or are there sort of resources that you like besides your, um, your own work on him that you find is helpful for people to better understand these concerns? Uh, you know, there's little stuff about Sam out there. Critical, uh, Like, of course, there's articles and stuff that talk about new atheism more broadly. Mm -hmm. And there's the odd article about Sam Harris. And they're all, uh, you know, a, a lot of them are very reasonable. Um, but there's no, like, there's nothing that's my go-to place. Like, I definitely felt a, a need for it and that's why I thought I'd just make this into a miniseries because I didn't find it and I know that a mm -hmm. lot of people are IDW critical but I feel like many gloss over Sam Harris mm -hmm. are there places that you go to personally to sort of get what you were previously felt like you were getting from his material uh, a lot of the smaller podcasts that are IDW critical, but still willing to host interesting opinions. And I enjoy your podcast. I enjoy um, a bunch of other podcasts. But I also enjoy Sam still just to listen to it and be like, what the fuck? So, Do you, are there ever episodes where you like get the whole way through it and you actually enjoyed the episode and didn't uh, have anything horrible, any, any horrible reactions? I mean, I don't really have horrible reactions like breaking out into hives or anything, but um, there are some conversations where he doesn't really touch upon the culture war stuff. And I, I just think, wow, you know, it's so nice that someone has access. It must be so nice to have access to all these great, powerful, influential thinkers. If only you could use that platform for more <clears throat> good in the world mm. yeah fair enough so we're about to come to the end here i gotta get you into the enlightening round are there any final thoughts you want to leave us with on the on the harris front i just want to remind people that he also does the antifa fear-mongering the transphobia and in terms of the cases like the masterpiece cake shop shop he will 
definitely not side with the couple being discriminated against. So still more similarities. But yeah, it was it was a good conversation, I think. Generally, yeah. I think I got my point across. No, I think it was quite valuable. All right, so the enlightening round. Enlightenment comes from within. So for folks who are not familiar, I'm going to give you a series of things. You're going to tell me if these things are real or not real. Those are your mm -hmm. only options. You do not get to hedge. You don't have to define what the word real means. Mm -hmm. You just real or not real. Do you understand? Sure. Yeah. All right. Yes. You're ready to go? Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get you started here. Is anything real? Yes. Okay. Let's find out what's real. Is the external world real? Yes. Okay. Are colors real? Oh, you got to make this hard for me, huh? Oh, we've just started. <laughs> yes, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Is phenomenal consciousness real? Yes. <laughs> Is free will real? Yes. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yes or no? I, I, this is, this is not fair. No, no, this is payback. <laughs> I can't do it in one word. That's the problem. Real or not real. You got to do it. You're already in. You've already started. You can't go back now. Yeah. The only way through is forward. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yes on free will. Selves or persons? Yes. Okay. Genders. Do you want to get me in trouble? Because I don't know which yes, answer will that is get the, me in the, more exactly trouble. Exactly the goal of this game is to get people canceled. <laughs> that an existential crisis. That's why we're here. Yes. Okay. Genders are real. Races. No. Species. Yes. Morality. Fuck. Yeah. I I don't speak English. <laughs> I no, don't understand. there's no falling back now. Morality, real or not um, real? No. Not real. Great. Rights. Yes. Hmm. Knowledge. Yes. God or gods. No. Society. Yes. Money. Yes. Numbers? <laughs> um, no. Mm. Fictional characters? No. Holes, like a hole in the ground? Yes. Chairs? <laughs> yes. Sandwiches? Yes. Science? Yes. Natural laws? No. Beauty? No. Love? <sighs> yes. Causality? Yes. And finally, time. Are you saying it's time that it's over nope. or is time it's, real? It's time. Is time real? Oh. Um no. Okay. You survived. How do you feel? Ugh. <laughs> that was rough for you. You were, uh, <laughs> some folks have a different experience, but you certainly did the, the classic lightning round uh, breakdown midway. I was great. <laughs> well, it's hard. It's hard it's, because you have to explain it. And one, you have to just commit yourself to one word. And that doesn't really explain your position. And that's no. not fair. No, it's horrible and cruel. And I'm a terrible person for doing this to people. Yeah. But the audience yeah. loves it, so I, I can't stop. They like the torture. Well, speaking of the audience, I do apologize if you get a lot of hate because uh, I am quite the canceled person. I think you got a little taste of that simply by announcing you were having me on. 
Well, you know, here's what I'll say. I'm I'm welcome all criticisms. I clearly was happy to have you on with your criticism. And, you know, I was maybe a little, uh, I, I will say that I was not at my absolute best in this particular debate, given that I'm, I'm currently falling apart from the end of the semester. But I 100% think of you, and if I'd been at my best, I still think you had the stronger argument. So kudos to you for coming you. on and shifting my perspective. And anybody who thinks that I'm faking it uh, can fuck off because this is this is what live philosophy looks like. So thank you so much, Ina, for coming on and having this conversation. And it, it was, I think, really um, interesting for me. Um, I think it, it provides a challenging position and people who want to be critical of you, I'm happy to hear it as long as it's, um, you know, I think properly well structured. So yeah, uh, do you, you want to let folks- the fact yeah. that I'm a parasite immigrant won't be good enough? No, I will laugh at those ones. Um, they, <laughs> All <yes>. right. Destroyed <laughs> by facts and logic. No, I think you made some very good arguments. And I think <laughs> and I think it is really particularly important to note that even when someone like like there is a reality where individuals who are more sophisticated at this are often of greater risk. We've talked, mm -hmm. you know, people have always been saying that like Trump is disturbing because he's so incompetent and yet has been so successful and that a more incompetent, more competent version of that is always more frightening. So well, it also mirrors some of the atheist critiques of people like Reza Aslan. I mean, I don't know how I feel about him anymore because I don't really pay attention to what he's saying these days. But mm -hmm. back then he used to do a lot of like sanitizing for some dangerous views being like, oh, no, this is all fine. And, you know. So the argument would be from people like Harris that because he's seeming mm. more liberal and polished and that's the danger. That's a good point. Right. So you see that critique coming from these folks as well. So it's not <laughs> it's not in that sense outside the bounds of the discourse to, to make an argument of this form. It is allowed. It is allowed. Yes. It, it is a legal move within the game that we play. <laughs> um, OK, Ina, do you want to let folks know where they can find your stuff one more time? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Nice Mangoes, no E in mangoes, and on Patreon at Nice Mangoes as well, and uh, on SoundCloud and your podcasting apps, Polite Conversations, and Woking Up. Great. Thanks so much. It's always fun to chat. Thank you. As a human, I was ill-equipped to thank you, but as myself, you have my everlasting gratitude. As always, I'd like to thank our listeners and patrons who make the show possible. We've got quite a few new patrons recently, so I'd like to thank Rambo Billy, Matthew Brown, former internet spaceship politician, Jess Abels, Luis Fernando Rodriguez, Nestor Buen, Intellectual Darkwave, Curdy, Rinthrin, uh, and Grant Godso. And as always, thanks to our $20 tier Duke patrons, blacknonbelievers.com, 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 Chad T., Jesse Rabinowitz, and Brenda Goodman, and our newest $20 patron, Patrick. Thank you very much. And most of all, all of the void thanks to our top tier patrons, Dave Maslich, the creepy eyes that stare at me from the void, and our newest top patron, Big Easy Blasphemy. Thank you all so much. If you'd like to support the show, please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and a review on podcast apps. Follow us on Twitter at ETVPod. And if you notice a small void growing within you, consider supporting us financially at patreon.com slash embrace the void. Just $4 a month gets you early access to episodes and our bonus book club content. Most of all, and I cannot stress this enough, you are the void, and the void is you. Mm -hmm.